and welcome to Inside Sports Dead in Goal NRL podcast for round 17. Um, my name is James Smith. I, I'm at uh, Inside Sport magazine, and with me today is the editor of Inside Sport, Jeff Centenera. How are you going, mate? Very good, James. That's good. That's good. We're uh, it's it's a, it's a rather unique time of the year where um we're in a bit of a in a bit of a shelter from all the origin drama and chaos. It's uh it's actually quite nice, isn't it? It's nice to be able to take stock of the NRL comp and and and, and go back to it and <laughs> and remember what it's yeah. all about. Do you remember this club football going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, uh, the the train rolls on. Um, so we've got a very interesting show today with lots of talking points. It's um, going to be quite a big discussion day. We're going to, going to talk expansion, seeing as though Buzz Rothfield through the week uh, threw a massive hand grenade into the uh, into the league village. And um, good, old, good old Buzz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, you've just uh, given everybody thousands upon thousands of uh, free content there. It's um, yeah, and then and then we're going to move on to um, how to not so much uh, revive NRL crowds, but NRL crowds in Sydney. Um, that's the. Uh, the weak spot at the moment. You're James James Smith's eleven point plan. <laughs> not twelve, not ten, eleven. <laughs> That's right. They were also good. I, I couldn't couldn't stick with the round number there. Um, and then we're, we're also going to have a chat about Benji Marshall, and uh, the reason is just because. Um, He's, he's just everything that's uh, good about the game, and he's basically we're going to talk him up as the uh, the number one recruiter for um, for kids, and uh, yeah, he he just continues to impress uh, people young and old, doesn't he? So yeah, um, then we're going to uh, cover some matches round seventeen uh, fixtures, which um, I just did said bell ringers, some of them. Um, we're going to discuss our hero and zero of the week. Uh, take a, a, a walk down memory lane to um, talk, talking of expansion. We're going to uh, revisit 1988, where they let three teams um, into the competition in one year. It was mm. dramatic, wasn't it? Well, they figured, you know, the country's turning you know, 200 years old. Let's add three more teams to uh, <laughs> what was then the still the NSWRL, wasn't it? It so, was. It yeah. was. They, they were competing for the Winfield Even Cup. They, they'd then. busted up that, uh, that, that designation <laughs> by that point, hadn't they? Because they were yes. teams from Queensland. They were. They were. They, yeah, they uh, let some invaders in. And then we're going to um, round out uh, with a bit of a yarn, a bit of a chat about Petro Sivanasiva, who we feature in uh, this month's Inside Sport in the August... Um, sorry, the July um, 2017 edition. So we're uh, kicking off, mate, um, expansion. Um, as we said, uh, Buzz from uh, the News Limited um, organisation decided through the week to... Uh, first of all, he said he was going to nominate um, who, which club, which, which Sydney club should be kicked out. And Cronulla apparently is not part of Sydney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that narrowed it down to, what, seven potential clubs, yeah. And uh, his answer of uh, the West's Tigers, um, as we were just discussing off-air, um, seemed to be popular amongst um, fans too, didn't it? So. Well, it seemed to resonate. I mean, this was a fairly unscientific poll, but... Um, <laughs> uh, a, a kind of a poll on, on, a, on a News Limited site had, I, I think, almost like two out of every five respondents saying that, you know, if, if one of the Sydney clubs was going to be cut, it should have it should be the Tigers. Um, it, it should be noted there that you know, about 20%, so one in five, argued no one. So, you yeah, know, I mean, yeah. and then kind of the, the, the other 50%, well, sorry, no, uh, the other, uh, what, is, what does that leave us? About 40%... Um, uh, my, is my math right here? Yeah, forty percent. Um, we're journeys. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, our, yeah, that it would kind of distributed uh, a little among the other clubs. I suspect, I guess, rival fan bases were you know just voting yeah. for the for the one they like least. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you know, I mean, this is. I mean, we discussed this in in the last podcast. I mean, it's it's one in the context of the, that Roosters game that went to Adelaide. Yeah, uh, it. It's it's one that's just not going to go away, and I was I was kind of interested, you in know, in um, I guess it was a kind of a, of a bit of a phrasing that um, Paul Kent put together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the idea being that um, if you look at what the comp was, you know, say thirty years ago, yeah, you know, it is really radically different to what the comp is now. And so if you you know if you're to kind of project to what. You know, you know, the 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 comp will be in twenty fifty. You know, so it's roughly thirty years out from mm. now. I mean, you you probably have an expectation it'll look different again. But um, yeah, yeah. But uh, as as we always kind of yeah, as, as it always happens when we have these back and forths, it's very easy to talk about like expansion in the abstract, but kind of difficult when you ch- go down to the l- level of detail, which is to say, okay. Mm. Where where should you know, the competition be, and uh, you know which clubs will have to go really to to, to make the right size, yeah. you know, kind of uh, uh, right size of league the, the NRL should be it is is really difficult. And um, if anything, the whole experience of South Sydney is is kind of is living his testimony to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's it's interesting. You're right. Like the where the teams are at the moment, they aren't. It isn't ideal. Um, and I suppose like last week I was. Boo booing the idea of, of culling clubs, I was completely against it. Obviously, if you have a fifty-year view um, down the track, obviously that the world's going to be a different place. Um, then you probably are going to get interest. Well, in here, per- here, just for starters, Melbourne's going to be bigger than Sydney by that point, apparently, <laughs> according to the census information <laughs> released this week. So you know, like, maybe, you know, maybe all the teams will move down there. <laughs> <laughs> we have nine, nine league teams in Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just. It, it, I agree with what you were saying. Like it's um, it it, it isn't an, it isn't an ideal map, is it? It's um, but 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 like when all these uh, clubs were established, um, that probably was rational to them, wasn't it? Let, let's have teams. Um, let's have eight teams in Sydney because this is where all the interest is. That's yeah. just it. I mean, I, I guess one of the. I mean, you often hear this formulation when these debates come up. If, if you had the the blank sheet of paper, yeah, would you design a competition that looks? the way it does now and i mean i reckon the afl suffers the same kind of problem like it's kind of inherited this this kind of it, it started the, the seed of the competition was it was a suburban yeah. uh, city suburban competition and ha- has kind of grown out to encompass kind of a national ambition mm. and it still hasn't been able to kind of kind of transcend what it's what its original structure was and i think it, it's always going to kind of kind of carry those problems of of being neither fish nor fowl, kind yeah. of so to speak, being half one and um, half another. But it's, um, it, you know, I mean, you and I were discussing kind of <coughs> this. It, 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 it's fine to say, okay, this is not what kind of you, you, the, the league that you would construct. But if, mm. you know, just to take for one example, if the West Tigers, to my mind, if, if Wests were to get drummed out of the competition, yeah. Yeah, it would make sense to me that you know, kind of the old Magpies Club would be back on, you know, would be back at Moore Park the next day, knocking on you know League HQ's door, yeah. saying we want in, and you know they'd have a very strong case to be included. You know, it's the Games Heartland area that have massive support. They've got yeah. a fantastic brand. I mean, it would be like I reckon it would be South Sydney on steroids if you let the Magpies back into the competition and they were good, uh, yeah. good again. So you know, I mean. 
but how have you advanced kind of the vision of a more rational NRL by that point? All you've gotten rid of is the, is the Balmain Tigers, isn't, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. So, you yeah. know, I, I, I don't know really kind of – I kind of acknowledge that you know, expansion will probably have to happen. Yeah. And when you say, well, maybe that's 30 years off in the future, yeah. uh, the fact of the matter is is that Kind of these are oil tankers. Sports leagues are oil tankers. Yeah. Decisions that are made now only get you know, only really begin to get a payoff. Kind of twenty, thirty years down uh, down the line. I mean, you could certainly that, that's certainly the case. I think kind of what's in what, what happened with the AFL. Yeah. Like something will only become a solid club. Kind of. Um, you know, by then, I mean, just you know, you know, Melbourne Storm is about twenty years old now, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, these are kind of these are decisions that kind of. You know, have to be made probably sooner than you think if, on a, you know, in a, on a strategic uh, good, good strategic point. level. But yeah. um, don't ask me how you know kind of which ones, which you know, which clubs you want to do away with because yeah, I, <laughs> that, I that, that's yeah. what I mean. That's what yeah. I was saying last week. It's yeah, fair enough. Let's get rid of them. But then you've got footy clubs aren't just badges and names. Mm. They're groups of people who've dedicated their lives to to following these 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 teams. Who knows why? I've been wondering about it my whole life. I don't know why people are interested in footy. I don't know why they love it so much that if you say to um, your club is going to die, um, that I don't know what what makes fifty thousand people march across the harbour bridge in protest. It's just yeah, that this is where it breaks down, isn't it? Like everyone's ideas are really really good, and there's mm. some brilliant ones. But then you've got the realistic um, emotional value attached to all these clubs, don't you? So, well, you kind of posed the question kind of on Twitter this week, which I think <clears> is a great way to frame this. Like, <laughs> you know, kind of ask how many North Sydney Bears fans, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how many of them jumped to to another club. Yeah. You know, we had a former colleague who was one who was who's, who you know who hasn't made the leap since. <laughs> you know, I the, the question I'd throw out there is, you know. Do you think relocation is you know is a viable kind of yeah you know, kind of um, move yeah. for the NRL? Could you could you take a club and you know talk them into talk them into Logan, talk them into Perth? You know, I mean, yeah. for for their long term kind of uh, viability. I think you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they and and to and to an extent that they tried to do that with Manly and Norths, didn't they? They said we're going to get we're going to try this to see if it works, and we're going to base it down the road base half of our games down the road at the Central Coast. And then even that, even the Central Coast people, I, I remember all the way back then, they said, this isn't our team. Mm. This is a, this is two teams that have joined together and you're shoving this down our throat. Like, we want a Central Coast team. So maybe, it depends who it is, isn't it? Like, mm. yeah, would, um, would the Logan people adopt uh, a Roosters team? Or would they say no? We're we're one of the strongholds of the rugby league universe. We want our own team. It's it's um it's a fascinating uh, mm. it's a fascinating um, point, isn't it? Yeah, in some respects, this entire question could be avoided, <coughs> although possibly not. If you know the the good burgers of Sydney actually got out to more games, and uh, just during during this week, James, you published on the Inside Sport website, uh, kind of a. I think a very interesting kind of, I would call it a manifesto personally, <laughs> uh, a manifesto that, that would kind of really motivate Sydney, Sydney fans to get out, uh, to get out the games more. Yeah. And, um, you know, I ask you kind of, you know, I mean, that, 
what kind of motivated you to to write that? Um, and yeah. you know, kind of, I, I, I guess I'm preempting the answer here a little bit. But um, yeah. when you go, I'm, I'm sure these are things that you go to. You go to a lot of games, Correct, like yeah. you know, as a fan. Like yeah. you're not, you're not, you're not um, kind of. For many of our ilk, we're kind of just you know sitting in the media uh, media <laughs> media box. But I, 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 uh, you yeah. you go as a you go as a paying fan, and I, I yeah. want you know I'm curious. Kind of how much of your kind of you know kind of the way you get into the fan experience out at NRL matches yeah. kind of motivated your thinking uh, with this with these eleven points? Oh, um, basically a hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I, I find nothing worse than than going to an NRL ground and going sitting in a commentary or a, or a press box. Mm. That is not how you do <laughs> footy at all. Um, I'm surprised that not more people who cover the NRL beat don't sit in the crowd. Like you just pick up so much more about what's happening at the venue rather than sitting next to somebody else with a laptop. It's just not such an unnatural environment. Um, but yeah, it's always been a um, a thing of mine. Some people are into stadiums. I'm into I'm into um, an experience. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what the paying? What are you offering the paying public? And it's between 2010 and last year. I followed my better half over to um, New York um, during her UN stint. She'd spend um, a fortnight there every year, and and off I'd go to little New York Yankees games, and and, and uh, no, no such thing as little New York Yankees. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> <Anyhow. laughs> yeah, they're the Mets games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we 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 we'd both go um, sometimes, like um, and it just they just do it properly. They look after the fan. Like you can criticize America for. For everything that you want, you know, call call it a capitalist monster, etc., etc. But they they get that way because they respect the paying public. Mm. You walk in to Yankee Stadium, and one of the first things that happens to you is a young person, twenty five, thirty year old, even comes up with it with a sign, and it says, "Can I help you?" Mm. And they 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 want to help you. They want to they want you to find your seat. They want you to find the merchandise stand. They want you to. Uh, find the bar, or you know, if you want a hot dog or whatever. They okay, so so that doesn't happen at NRL grounds. You walk in and just find your seat. Um, it, I don't know. It just I, I find it interesting. I find it interesting that that um, the NRL has to take advice off of people from outside. Like it's a big organization, the NRL. Surely half of them have been over to America and seen how people do things over there. It wouldn't be hard to do. Just yeah. I've, I've always found that the kind of the handful of league games I've been to is that th- there isn't more of an event feel around them. I mean, that no. you should like, I must admit uh, this is something the AFL does quite a bit better when you go there's a sense that you're that you're an, at an AFL game, yep. like whether it's kind of, kind of the branding or the the way you walk into the stadium and like the the kind of, kind of the environment. That, and it's more than just the number of people at the ground. It's 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 really kind of a feel, and I it, it's hard to describe how you kind of conjure that or how you create that. But yeah, I just don't get the sense that um, nah. that, that, that NRL matches uh, do the same. But um, yeah. I think what was interesting, if I could characterize kind of your manifesto, one of the things that I, I thought that kind of what I read into it was yeah, that yeah, yeah w- what you are really are advocating for is that I think league, ma- league matches have to kind of give off a real sense of authenticity, and, yeah. I, and yeah. I, I think that's kind of an important thing that 
we're not asking, or sorry, you're not asking for, you know, NRL matches to be overproduced, like, say, an no, NFL no. game or anything like that. Not at all. But no. just something that, you know, kind of, you know, rugby league fans could really connect to, which is why I can roundly declare that the best recommendation, I think, of the 11-point plan was the sausage sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. There is yeah. no doubt in my mind that that is, you know, you know, all I've got to do is go to a Bunnings kind of every Saturday to know that, you know, just something as small as that, yep. you know, how powerful that could be. And, and you know, as it's, you know, that is authentic. It's as authentic <laughs> as anything. But if you go to a, go to a league ground and, you know, and just get a sausage sandwich, I mean, oh. yeah, yeah, it's and like, you know, that's not going to that's not going to draw like, you know, kind of an extra. 20,000 people to the to the stadium but um, I believe that in these things I mean it, it, it's one of those cases where a lot of small changes could you know add up to kind of one big thing and um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh, that, that to me kind of rang very true I, I in the article I mentioned that um, Penrith does it but somebody on, on Twitter <laughs> corrected me and, and said that they don't do it anymore if, if, they, don't, <laughs> if they don't do that anymore that's a tragedy they, yeah. they really should bring it back. That's just going to send me more to Bunnings, <laughs> yeah. even when I don't need hardware. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh... Should I run through a few of them really quickly? Yeah, or, or did you want to... Um, no, yeah. no, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so one of them was um, uh, pre-game for... You could get both team captains to sign 20, 30 balls, match balls, and if one goes into the crowd, um, the crowd keeps the ball. Um, this is massive in America, you know... Fans still get excited about catching baseballs. Oh, there's, this one, yeah. this one's an undeniable. And it, yeah. what it got me thinking about immediately was uh, how Jonathan Thurston kind of tells his um, is is that the the boy is coming out to grab his kicking tees to make sure he gifts them to the crowd. Oh. I mean that that is, you know, again another small thing, but yeah. that can create you know lifelong fans. You yeah, know, you know, for a, out of that small kind of gesture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, food prices—they're too—they're too expensive. Um, That's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I only—I I, I only say this. I, I know what the backlash is going to be, or how a club's supposed to make money. Well, I don't know how much money they make at the moment because whenever you isn't that the stadium anyway? That gets the stadium, that? Yeah. yeah. And even then, they're um they look like franchised sort of food caterers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel doesn't feel very authentic at all, to use your word. Um, yeah, and but one one that, that that's quite um, cosmetic, I suppose. But this will just work a treat. If I do go and buy a coke and a hot dog or a pie and chips, I, I want it in a Penrith Panthers box. <laughs> I want it in a plastic cup that I can keep and go put on on the on the mantelpiece. If I live at Rockhampton and I'm coming down to Sydney to watch the Panthers, I can take that back. I can sit it there and go, oh, that's when I got that from when I went to the footy. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, that. that's part of game presentation. It's about the feel, about the event feel of yeah. uh, of, of going to the game. You know, it's again that that incurs some incidental cost. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly, certainly not millions. Um, anyway, um, you could give the other thing they do well in America is uh, gifts to the thousand, first thousand through the gate. Um, I've mentioned here, you know, an example would be first thousand people through the gate receive a Matt Moylan two hundred games congratulations bobblehead bobblehead <laughs> yeah anything you want mini footy anything fans love that sort of stuff it's terrific um, uh, yeah and the obvious one is improve access um, between train stations and grounds via buses I know that that would that would be an expensive one and that's a council uh, infrastructure um, and corporate issue as well um, so that's a that 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 is a, a, a difficult point. Um, play more games at suburban grounds. That's been covered. Um, the fans love suburban grounds. They nobody likes going to um, 
ANZ Stadium when there's eight thousand people there. Um, and and this is this is one that I just I I, I really hope this uh, gets taken up by somebody. Get your club legends, Mario Fennick, whoever the club legends are at your club, and just get one or two of them to stand at some turnstiles, at the main turnstile, shake people's hand. G'day, mate. Thanks for coming. Imagine that. Imagine if you rocked oh, up to the ground. The, the Falcon is a greeter. That, <laughs> yeah. I, think could, that, I think I'd go to anything. If you rocked up to the footy and Bradley Clyde was there at the Raiders and, and, and just to welcome you to the joint, like... I'd love to have like Tommy Radonica standing outside the ground abusing people or walking past for not for not going into the footy. That would be my kind of that would be my kind of innovation. That would be a better idea, actually. <laughs> one one idea that you had there that I don't know if you were about to bring it up, but yeah. um, people on the ground after the match. That's a big one. That's for me. I, I, I yeah. you know that kind of yeah popped its head up in the in the AFL a couple of years ago when they they brought kick to kick back. I think you know I, I think that's I think that's critical. Like I'd you know I think. Yeah, kind of. It's a it's a way for kind of the fan to connect to you know to the big league, you know, in a yeah. way that you know that uh, ever since you know you can't you really can't do that anymore, you know, because I don't know, kind of liability. Who who knows what the reasons are? Yeah, you know, has, has has gone out, and it's only just reinforced the sense of separation between you know between kind of the guys who play and yeah, the people who watch them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine being able to go and. Go and score a fake try in the same <laughs> spot as your hero just did on the field. Um, yeah. So and um, and this and the Friday six pm game that just does not attract people to the footy at all. I realise it's a pay television thing and and television people run run the game um, ultimately, but that just shouldn't happen. They, they should move move any games on that early Friday time slot to Sunday afternoon. That's that's the rugby league time slot. And um, yeah. And and my, my last one was. Uh, Keep bars and food outlets open after full time. Um, <laughs> if the league wants to make money, why wouldn't you keep these places open? At least one, maybe one or two at the ground. People could congregate, they could have a chat, they could sit around on tables and chairs, they could spend money on, on booze and food, you could leave the merchandise still open. Um, and, and this, this talk about motivation for, for what I've written, my motivation for this is Allianz Stadium. Mm. Um, you go there, it doesn't matter what game it is, how close it is, how many people there are, they'll start shutting the food stalls with 20 minutes to go. That's <laughs> unbelievable. I can't, it's just so annoying. They basically, they should just put up a big sign on the um, on the big screen saying, get out. We want, <laughs> we want you to leave. They <laughs> should. Yeah, so anyway, that's my, uh, that's my say on it. It's, um, I don't mind if any of them get taken up, but um, you just need to do something, as you said before, if not attract tens of thousands of people to the game at least keep the people there that are going just just hold on to them because the spectators are pretty important in professional sport aren't they so yeah even though we were told that's not the case no that's right <laughs> <laughs> or, or yeah another option would be just to um uh, f- film these games in, in big studios and <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so should we move on from that sure. or yep. yeah um just before we get into the matchups, uh, we just thought it was time to have a good uh, talk about Benji Marshall, um, and this was motivated by a, a tweet by uh, the notorious Booze Hound, who, um, who I don't know what his motivation for the tweet was, but he must have seen people attacking Benji on the weekend or something. But but he he just he put it really eloquently. He said Benji Marshall's legacy. Uh, to the game um, is that he attracted a lot of kids to the, to rugby league. He, he attracted a lot of supporters to the game, and 
and I thought that was was one of the one of the points of the year. Um, this guy he, who's suddenly he's just found a new lease of life. He's um, worked his way back into the Brisbane Broncos halves. I tell you what, not many people would have seen that coming for for Benji even a, even a year or two ago, would they? Like mm-hmm. you know, he was supposed to just fizzle out and turn into a Fox Sports panel member or something, but no, he's there for the Brisbane Broncos. He's he's on fire, isn't he? Yeah. Every generation tends to have those, you know, those players who are really kings of the kids and you know, you they they might not perhaps rate among the 10 or even 20 best or most kind of, uh, yeah, best players of their era. Yeah. But, you know, in in a lot of respects they become very important and you can see it that you know maybe kind of 10 years down the line 15 years down the line you'll have new stars come along and they'll talk about how oh my inspiration to get to the NRL was was Benji Marshall I wanted to play like him uh, yeah, in yeah. 2005 you know it's it's kind of remarkable that um you know two points one he's only 32 years old well yeah. not only that's kind of fairly advanced for an NRL player now but yeah. um it kind of just reinforced you know, kind of what he did in a five. He was very, very young. Yeah. And to think that, you know, you know, kind of as little as three seasons ago, he wasn't even in the league. Like he was playing kind of super rugby for for Auckland. So, you know, for this, this is a very kind of gratifying, like you could even call it the third act for, yeah, for, from, uh, for Marshall. You know True. I mean? Yeah. Had that good season um, with, uh, with St. George uh, a couple of, a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be a kind of a very good narrative to follow out through the end of the year. Like the Broncos, yeah, will surely figure kind of in the in the postseason. And um, you know, if he were to if he were to kind of yeah, kind of keep a, a good run of form going through, I think it would be one that uh, yeah, he's the kind of guy who I think has hit that stage where everyone would like to see him kind of kind of do well. Like even if you know, kind of you weren't kind of a fan. You know, early. I think the passage of time will make people appreciate him a bit more. So yeah, yeah it'll uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how yeah, the season kind of pans out for him. I just um, I like to reflect on um, on uh, Wayne Bennett's decision to to bring him on board at the Broncos. Everybody was laughing at Wayne Bennett, saying he's starting to get senile and lose his mind, and <laughs> he's starting to yeah, well, what's happening with Bennett? Jeez, he's lost it, mate. Well, now look at him. Mm. He, what a what a great decision. He's um, bought bought in a, in a New Zealand international, and he's he's just been proven right. Um, yeah, just re- remarkable. I, I remember um, I'd, Booz's comments really um, resonated with me because um, in in, in two thousand and five, I, I started working at Big League Magazine as the um, as the sub editor there, and uh, at r- round one two thousand and five was our launch issue of a little magazine called Little League. <laughs> it was uh, aimed at younger readers, had puzzles and competitions and posters and stuff in it. And um, we had this section called the Kids Gallery, where kids could um, draw draw their favourite NRL player and send them in, and and we'd um, post them up. We'd, we'd publish them. And dead set, half of the drawings we got. The first year, I reckon, we got about a 1,000 drawings in. There was, the whole office was nearly covered with kids' pictures. Half of them were of Benji. I want to be Benji Marshall. I love Benji. He was, yeah, and Booze Hound's right. He is responsible for a lot of people being uh, interested in the game, and mm. and it's good to see so many of them um, have hung around. If that was 2012, there would have been letters for about Ben Barber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a thing too, but Benji's, you know, outlasted a lot of players, hasn't he? So, yeah. 
Yeah. Should we look at some games, mate? This, Absolutely. This weekend's games. We've got a full round this, this, this week. What's so. that? Full round. <laughs> I remember that. There are 16 teams and they're playing eight games. So it's all, it's all going to kick off on Thursday, um, 7.50 at ANZ Stadium. We've got the Parramatta Eels versus the Bulldogs. Paris in eighth. The Bulldogs are in 13th. Um, and Parramatta had a good win over the Dragons, 24-10. Uh, two weeks ago, um, Cameron King replaces Kasia Pritchard at, at hooker, um, and he's, uh, this is something like Cameron King's first game in about oh geez a, a long time, like <laughs> a couple of seasons. So it's a little, little bit surreal there. Um, and the Bulldogs lost to the Warriors twenty-one fourteen away last week. Um, they've got Brett Morris back; he's going to be playing on the wing. Graham uh, is missing with a neck injury. So is Greg Eastwood. He's out with a knee injury, and uh, David Clemmer returns to the starting side. So this this will be a uh, this will be ho- hopefully it'll be one of those old fashioned Parramatta Eels Bulldogs clashes. Hey, like it'll be a bit of a fiery encounter this one. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of, kind of bit of a grind game, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, you know, kind of for for two sides that kind of the. Yeah. I think this. Um, I guess what you the way you characterize the round is it, seemingly there's a you know, it's kind of contrived that mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams that are kind of at equivalent positions on the ladder that are playing against each other and yep. usually that what that means is that the, these are critical games for actual kind of um end of season position Definitely. and uh, yeah. you know in the case of you know when you're talking kind of Eels Bulldogs two teams that are going to very much be on the edge of, uh, of the finals, they'll probably kind of take a look back at this one and can be able to point to it as, yeah, that was the one that kind of yeah, gave us a leg up in, in staying in or kind of was, was the thing <coughs> that dropped us out. Um, yep. I've been waiting for, for Canterbury to kind of yeah, make the run all season. I'm, yeah. I'm still waiting personally. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, um, it, it'll be kind of yeah, it's, um, it'll be interesting to see how this one turns out. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Parramatta in this one. Who are you going for? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. As somebody who tipped, uh, who tipped, I think Canterbury over in New Zealand last week. Um, yeah. has, uh, I, I did too, though. He's got, got very little. He's got very little faith now. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, next game, the Titans are playing the Dragons. Uh, Friday, six p.m. Seabus Super Stadium. So this will be interesting to watch. Um, all the Gold Coast Titans fans rushing from work. The highway will be jammed. It's just a great. It's a great concept, this <laughs> Friday 6pm game. <laughs> um, the, the Titans are in 14th and the Dragons are in 6th, putting along. Um, and that, yet, yeah. it's a pick game. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Odds Both. are equal in this. A team with five wins is playing a team with nine wins, and it's yeah, it's a, it's a roughly even split. So, right. you know, got to love the parody in rugby league. <laughs> yeah. but let's have a look why. Like, um, the Knights only just, sorry, the Dragons only just beat the Knights last week, uh, and they lost to the Eels the week before. Um, and the Titans, um, they broke a four-game losing streak with a 26-14 win over, over the West Tigers uh, last start. So that does even even up a, a little bit. Um, Tyron Roberts and Chris McQueen are back for the Titans. They're big inclusions for them. While um, Ewan Aitken and Jack DeBellin are back for the Dragons. And uh, Paul Vaughan is out with a calf injury. So that's another reason as to why it's evened up a, bit, a little bit, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, who do you like in this one? I will. I'll, I'll lean Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. If only because I think I'm beginning to buy into the idea that yeah, that St George 
Illawarra is yeah is being to kind of swim against the tide a bit. You know, it's, um, yeah. That said, it's probably going to turn out exactly kind of yeah, exactly kind of the opposite. But um, a, a word there about Jack DeBellin, who I, you know, kind of yeah, yeah. Is, is interesting uh, to me because I always very sympathetic to kind of someone. He he was chosen yeah, as um, either the Origin bench or Origin emergency for New South Wales, and yeah, yeah, one of them. and uh, yeah, kind of lost out on that because of because uh, of his suspension. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean. He was hoping that he gets another chance, and I suspect he will. But yeah, uh, yeah it um, that happened to Wade Graham last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I always, yeah. you know, con- considering how how this really is kind of like a massive honor for uh, you know for a kind of for, or a massive achievement for a kind of elite player in their career. Now, you know, the, you'd you'd hate to think that you know he never gets the chance because because of just the timing of that. Yeah, yeah, and he stands out a lot more because he's got a beard now. So. Well, that's you what go. you keep saying, you know. I mean, it was like the beard, the man bun, the whatever, like, you know, when I asked you about him earlier this year. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, next game is a blockbuster. This is going to be a ripper of a match. The Broncos versus Storm, Friday night, 7.50 at Suncorp Stadium. Um, Broncos just roaring along there in third, and the Storm are leading the comp, of course. Um, Broncos won their last two over Raiders and Souths. Uh, Corbin Sims returns as prop. That's that's the only major change really, and they're just um, enjoying a really good period during Origin. It's yeah, they're, they're like they're steaming ahead. Um, the Storm. That well, one thing about the Storm that, that I noticed, um, their last two games have been one point margins. Um, they lost last week to to East at Adelaide, uh, and they won over the Cowboys at home uh, by one point. So yeah, that can't be doing uh, Craig Bellamy's blood pressure any good, can it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're seemingly a side that does win a lot of a lot of close games. I mean, that's True. you know, I mean, that's the old kind of Queensland Maroons thing. I mean, they've just got yeah, you know, they've got such good game managers in that side that you know they'll they'll tend to even though I've kind of made the argument that all close games are just pretty much random, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, I, I see this as a statement game for the Broncos. Yep. Like if they were to kind of post a very kind of solid victory here yeah, yeah. i mean that will bode really really well for their their state of mind yeah um Definitely. kind of the kind of the rest of the season i mean i'm totally mystified kind of what happened to them yeah, kind of last year i thought coming off um you know coming off you know uh, the, the, the the grand final loss yeah like the league was theirs for the taking for the next few years and i can you know, you know certain things haven't turned out the way he expected be that you know kind of situation around Ben Hunt and so forth yep. but um, yeah uh, you know it, it, they really are beginning to look like that, that type of premiership contender we thought you know um, that constant premiership contender we thought was, was kind of really back when you know, when Wayne kind of got them yeah um, you know, all the way to the final in uh, in sorry I'm losing track of time here 2015 now yeah 2015 yeah mm. a lot of it I, I thought a lot of it had to do with um, Ben Hunt being spooked by that by that dropped ball, Drop ball? Yeah. that that would be very traumatic for for any player, and it's just interesting this year that he's um, less and less of the scene. So they're um, they're going quite well. Um, just to finish up on on this game, Slater, Chambers, Cronk, and Smith uh, have all been named in the squad after Origin two. God, nice to get that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wouldn't it? Um, there's some conjecture over whether um, Smith is going to to uh, play or not um, because of a few bumps and bruises from from origin it'd be awesome if he did play because uh this is a real blockbuster game this one um i'm going to broncos here uh, what about yourself i come to you know i'm thinking in terms of tipping strategy i think you know i would tip 
Melbourne like 22 times a year. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous how often I, I, tip, I don't tip against it. Even I know they're going to lose kind of more than a couple of games. It's almost but, automatic, uh, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's, it's one of those things where if you just kind of, yeah, just kind of tip them, you're going to be right more often than, <laughs> than wrong. Yeah. And trying, to, and trying to kind of kind of selectively pick out your losses. But I can see kind of, yeah. I can see Brisbane um, kind of getting up in this one, no matter how kind of how much, you know, Suncorp is uh, is kind of like a, another home ground for Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Bloody Queenslanders in there, yeah. Um, next up is the Roosters and the Sharks, and this one's at Central Coast Stadium um, on Saturday night, oh, sorry, Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. Um, is that the old blue tongue? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, so the Roosters are in second and Cronulla's in fifth. Um, yeah, as you were saying, another really important game for for cre- for credibility. Um, the Roosters have won their last three over the Broncos, Tigers, and Melbourne. Boyd Cordner is still out with a calf injury that he suffered in Origin, um, but they're full strength otherwise. Um, they're uh, really getting getting set for a, a good run of the finals, you'd think. Um, and the Sharks, um, they lost to Manly at home, 35-18 last start, after and after just beating the Tigers uh, the week before, 24-22. to um, Their only major change is Matt Pryor returning to the starting side. Um, at, at, at prop, sorry, yeah. So um, I, I'm going to Roosters here. I, I, I think they, they appear more settled through the origin period somehow because they've got a lot of players involved. Um, Pierce and um, and and Kiri get better and better every week, and they're really firming as a premiership threat, aren't they? Yeah. Interesting phenomenon, though. Uh, particularly, kind of in the case of the fact that they played each other last week, Cronulla and Manly, um, both mm. in the top five in the comp. Neither has lost on the road this year, yeah, which is which yeah. is really quite rem- which is a really kind of remarkable fact. Which is in a, by implication, they actually have kind of lost more of their games than they've won at, at home as well. Yeah, at home. Yeah. So, um, as a believer in trends, I'll, I'd go with Cronulla. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> admittedly, you know, I, this is, you know, in, in, in a neutral site game, which is to say that both teams are on the road here. So, uh, Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, I find that, I find that really, really interesting. I remember when the Raiders were, were having a similar runaway and they were, and they were um, taking to um, staying in nearby hotels in Canberra ahead of home games just to make it feel like um, like they were playing an away game. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if it worked or not. <laughs> Probably don't do it anymore, so there's your answer. <laughs> um, Manly up against the Warriors on uh, Saturday night at 5.30pm in Perth. So we're mm. really getting... Uh, getting Here we go, uh, National yeah. Rugby League. It's exactly, yeah. Uh, Perth's just going to be... Perth's pumping at the moment with footy. Um, so Manly are chasing their fifth winner in a row. They're flying. Um, the only problem for them is really that Curtis Sirenen, uh, with that pectoral injury that he suffered, uh, he's out for eight weeks, they reckon. What a massive loss. He was really hitting top form, really starting to become really damaging. Um, meanwhile, the Warriors, um, they scored their second win in a row, uh, beating the Dogs last last week. Um Isaac Luke is out with a shoulder injury, and Kieran Foran is back. Um, I'm not tipping the Warriors, so yeah, no <laughs> way. But I, I think Man- Manly should do the job here, shouldn't they? Quite Are easily. they technically the home team? Is this their? Yeah, Manly. It's a Manly home game. So yeah. effectively, if, you know, this will be an interesting one if they, you know, uh, they were the other team I was talking about. And they haven't lost on the road yeah, this year, correct. so this is maybe the idea: take the take the <laughs> game on the road. One thing I want to bring up here: yep. this is 
about the longest possible trip you could make in rugby league, isn't it? If you're going from Auckland all the way to Perth. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so right across the whole... Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Jeez, they want to leave two or three days um, before they before the game, hey. Uh, like, yeah, it's brutal, you know. I mean, geez. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, um, it is turning it up a bit for the Warriors, isn't it? It would be yeah. funny if, yeah, if New Zealand, yeah, kind of, if the Warriors kind of, yeah, turn out to travel kind of, <laughs> travel kind of well. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it uh, yeah I, I you'd be surprised if kind of if Manly were to drop this but then like yeah. I said you know maybe that that home team that home team thing will strike yeah true yeah uh, the Raiders are taking on the Cowboys um, this is another one of those games you were talking about um, this is on Saturday night at seven thirty to round out Super Saturday um, down in Canberra uh, the Raiders that they've lost three in a row um, no great changes they they're um, they're not hampered by injury they just it is not clicking into gear for some reason. Um, whereas the Cowboys, they, they had a thrilling 14-12 win over Penrith last last week uh, without JT, of course. Um, and this week, uh, a former Panther, Tamari Martin, has been named at six, while um, uh, Michael Morgan will replace JT at seven. Um, uh, Canberra, Canberra just uh, they're just struggling at the moment. I, I I'm still not brave enough to tip the Cowboys. Minus JT, I know they can win without him, and they have done a few few times this year. But if the Raiders are ever going to kickstart their campaign, they can really do it here without JT and the other team. What do you sense is the source of like the Raiders drop off this season? Is, um, it, is it is it a case of you know kind of one area in the field? Um, is it kind of you know, kind of something in the in, in the playmaking department? Um, doing kind of a run through the stats yep. earlier and I noticed that you know Jordan Rapana is still having a magnificent you know, yeah. kind, of, kind of season like you know he's you know superb kind of you know, kind of keeping up the standards that he played to last year definitely but um yeah it uh yeah have they been figured out I mean that was I guess the thing that the kind of last year was that um yeah they were kind of playing a style of footy that kind of had teams it really took teams aback you know in terms of you know, how kind of irresistible they were in the forwards and the way they kind of their backs were just taking on the line it, uh, yeah. yeah it, it um you know, but you know these things can kind of get kind of assimilated, really. In, you know, by by rival teams these days. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that nothing stays yeah, kind of novel for too long. Um, no. Yeah. It. Uh, I, I I think what it might be is an energy thing. Last year, as exciting as it was, that would have taken up so much mental and physical energy. Even and even when when South won the comp in twenty fourteen, for them to back up, they still haven't been able to get back into. Into that um, high energy game that they were playing. That, that's what I, I reckon. Without knowing what I'm talking about, it just looks like they're a little bit flatter than what they were last year. Yeah, and um, Shannon Boyd's been out for a few, you know, you know a decent chunk of the year, and mm. and um, he seems to have trimmed down a little bit. Oh, last year he was like a bulldozer. He was just absolutely terrific, and uh, so he, yeah, a player like him hasn't been seen much. Um, yeah, so who knows? I'll, yeah, I'm going to Raiders with that one, as I said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Newcastle. <laughs> here we go. We've got the uh, top of the table clash, and then we've got this the bottom one. Bottom of the table yeah. clash. <laughs> I, I still think this a game like this. This is a game that people will want to watch. You just be watching this, <laughs> thinking, can both teams lose this game or, or what? Yeah, it's the classic David Letterman joke, <laughs> isn't know, it? Can yeah. both teams lose? Yeah. <laughs> So this one's at um, Newcastle on uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, 
the Knights, they nearly had the Dragons last week. They had them on the ropes and they just, they did that thing that the Knights have been doing this year. They let Penrith back into the game and let the Panthers roll over the top of them and, and same sort of thing happened last week. They That last 15, 20 minutes, because they're so inexperienced, they just can't, they haven't got that part right yet. Um, it's, it's understandable too. I'm not bagging the Knights. I'm just... Um, yeah, explaining it as it is. Um, Nathan Ross is going to start at fullback, and Dane Gagai um, is at centre, so he's a big, um, a big inclusion. Um, the Titans have lost seven in, uh, Tigers have lost seven in a row. Um, and their last win was back in round eight against the Bulldogs on April 23. So uh, been a long time for them, long time coming. And Tedesco's back. Uh, and, and he's pushed Malachi Watin Zelezniak out of the squad, so a bit, bit, bit rough there for the youngster. But, yeah, I'd say having Tedesco back is going to be just a confidence booster for the Tigers, isn't it? So. You know, he's, what <coughs> baffles me is, like, when I was kind of watching him during Origin, I thought to myself, how can Wests be as bad as they are with a guy that good yeah. <laughs> in their team? Because, you know, he, you know. It really is that good, you know. It is amazing. Yeah. You know, kind of easily, I, I thought, you know, quite easily, the Blues, you know, kind of most dangerous, you know, kind of guy when he had the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's kind of rubbing salt in the wounds with the Tigers fans because it's not going to be the case for much, for much longer. But, um, but yeah, it. Uh, um, I would get the sense that, you know, I guess for the Knights, I guess for anybody, it kind of matters because, you know, you don't want to kind of finish on the bottom of the, <laughs> the table again. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll watch this game. <laughs> you see? You want, to watch to, you want to watch to see what happens, don't you? It's enthralling. Yeah. Mm. With absolutely nothing nothing to play for. Um, I, I, yeah, I'll go to the Knights. I'm, or did I say I was going to Tigers? I'm going to the Tigers because of Tedesco's back. So, mm. yeah, yeah. And the last game, um, Sunday afternoon at ANZ, uh, South Sydney versus Penrith. Um, South beat the Titans last week, 36 to 20. And Sam Burgess is back, so that's massive for the for the Rabbitohs. Um, and Penrith, as we said last last week, lost to the Cowboys. Um, uh, up until then, they were having a four game winning streak, so that was a bit of a momentum killer for them. Uh, they've got no injuries. They're like Canberra. They've got no excuse. They just have to keep, yeah, keep playing well. Um, I think Penrith can do this. They seem to go pretty all right at um, ANZ Stadium. Doesn't mm. seem to freak them out. They had a big win. It was over Canterbury, wasn't it? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Right. Uh, there. So um, I, I expect Penrith to get back on in, into the winners' circle here. What do you reckon? Yeah, they. You, I, Prime to, to kind of be you know, the one you you think that might have a might have a late season uh, run, kind of in them. Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting kind of the you know kind of the kind of bit of personnel turnover they had kind of in the in the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, such is the state of that uh, that playing list that uh, it's not like they were going to they were, were going to miss anyone. So and then there was a few rumors going around that um, they were throwing players out to make make room for. Somebody who's retiring down in Melbourne at, at the end of the year. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I tried to start that on Twitter, and no one was <laughs> no one was having any any bar of it. So, so there you go. That's uh, round seventeen ahead. Um, should be a massive week. Um, our hero and zero of the week. This is our um, dodgy, spiky, thorny section. Um, hero of the week. Um, I thought we'd go for the whoever, whichever genius came up with taking. The Roosters' home game to, against Melbourne to Adelaide. Just a, 
there's no way that game gets 21,000 at the SFS if they play it. Um, we went and we went to last year's game between the, the Storm and the Roosters, and I think the Storm won 38 nil or 40 nil. There was about 5,000 people there, so really good. Congratulations to whoever's decision that was. Yeah. Um. I suspect it might have been South Australian tourism's money that yeah. would, have, would have helped that along, but uh, I did catch a bit of that game, and yeah, it um, as kind of a kind of an ex-Adelaide person myself, I mean, it was probably really great outreach for kind of yeah the what the kind of small but dedicated kind of uh, league community down uh, yeah. down in the city of churches, and um, yeah, damn if they didn't get quite a decent game as well you know i mean it's you know, <laughs> yeah. it's good that you can you can kind of get teams as high a level as the roosters and the storm as far as zero this week kind of we had to kind of go a bit far afield but um you know it's uh it, it, normally i wouldn't kind of be touting a good thing as as our zero but uh one of the best things i saw in all of last weekend of sport was uh, a hit that uh, that Ben Teo put on Sonny Bill Williams. What makes it a zero... Well, sorry, no, I should describe this a bit further. <coughs> classic, beautiful kind of tackle where he kind of wrapped him up, spun yeah. him around, dumped him on his back. You know, two magnificent athletes kind of in, you know, in kind of a classic kind of football engagement. <laughs> yeah. All these are really, really great things, but kind of what makes it a zero is the fact that it happened in a sport other than rugby league. Yeah. It was during the, the Lions test where, you know, where Tio has you know, somehow kind of contrived to have you know, figured out to have been kind of a, uh, a Kiwi junior, a Queensland Maroon kind of state of origin player, an English test player, and now a British and Irish Lion. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah, so he was playing for the Lions against uh, Sonny Bill on the All Blacks. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, while I think it's a great boon to the sport of and to, to union to yeah. see kind of you know these magnificent kind of league players bring their level of kind of physicality and athleticism to the game. Yeah, it's uh, it always makes you almost makes you a bit wistful for when uh, these uh, these two really really great footballers are running around um, mm. the NRL. It's not a slight kind of on on the guys who are still kind of in the comp who are you know, who do who do great things, but. Um, yeah. I think anybody who argues that uh, we don't miss kind of like these top-rate talents in their prime when they go off kind of in search of other kind of footballing challenges and even better footballing money, I think is is you know is lying a little to themselves because <laughs> yeah. you know I mean you know you'd, you'd hope that you could see that kind of uh, you know uh, in, um, in in kind of in our league. You're a big one for that, aren't you? Star players well, leaving the code and, and, and the damage that that can cause. Well, yeah. you know I. I'm not one to say that it'll ruin ruin the game. I mean, yeah. whoever is in those you know in those in those jumpers still matters. But um, you know, when you kind of it's like when I wrote a story I wrote a story for the magazine on, on Greg Inglis a couple of years ago, and one of the things that um, kind of jumped out to me was that you can actually appreciate Inglis's kind of career in full because he's only ever played kind of in, in the NRL. But if you want to talk about equivalent talents. Of, of his time, yeah. like, you know, guys like his Ralph Folau and Sonny Bill Williams, you know, it's, you know, you really can't. Like, like the fact of the matter is they were kind of, you know, players who could have been probably as good as Greg, but, you know, they they were kind of there and then not there. And, you know, I, mean, I don't begrudge them kind of their, you know, their, their capacity to go out and kind of, like I said, you know, try these new football, if anything, as kind of, you know, someone who writes for instance, what it quite fascinates me when they try to do other things. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. 
I, I do think if you're trying to if you're if you're a league fan with an appreciation for uh, you know kind of the game's history and for the arcs of the careers of great players, you know I think just you do lose a little something when you know kind of you you see kind of a Sonny Bill who could have you know, quite easily been the best forward of his day and you know the, the the sport is deprived of that and I don't know how you can argue that it doesn't diminish the sport a little the sport is still fine yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not disputing that you know the game carries on and you know that it's not dependent on kind of figures like that but um, but yeah it uh, you know the basic question comes back to me that, you know, would you like to kind of see him like kind of <laughs> running around the NRL? And I don't think anybody wouldn't want that. Yeah, the answer is yes, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, this is coming towards the end. And, and um, as we said in the intro, um, with uh, all this talk of expansion happening or possible expansion happening, we thought in our in our rearview mirror section we'd uh, go back to 1988. And uh, it's just funny to compare the, um, 1988 to what we're going through now where, where we're tossing up whether or not to let one more extra team in or two extra teams and is it too soon? It probably is. And In 1988, there were three teams that led, that were let in in one year because uh, you had the Broncos, the Gold Coast Tweedheads, Giants and the Newcastle Knights. So it was just a massive... There was plenty happening. It was a really exciting time for the, for the sport and... Um, it, it, it did work with crowds. Like I, I was doing some research this afternoon, and uh, crowds grew by three hundred thousand aggregate um, across the across the season. So, uh, was that the, the, mainly was that mainly from from the Broncos? Um, I could imagine just adding the Broncos could it, do that a lot. It's going to surprise you, but the Knights averaged twenty thousand six hundred seventeen at their home games yeah. for the inaugural season. Um, the Broncos averaged sixteen thousand. Um, I think that, that must have been because of Lang Park. Wasn't oh, yes. Suncorp Stadium? Yeah, of course, yeah. yes. Yeah, um, I think um, they were doing renovations back then too, and the Gold Coast is um, where it got all, all let down. <laughs> they, they, they averaged five thousand four hundred ninety-five fans. Um, so yeah, it was it was really really exciting, really exciting and progressive for the game back then. Um, if you if you back this on to nineteen eighty-two, where Canberra and Illawarra were let uh, let into the comp. That was five new teams introduced within six seasons. Mm. It's basically just changed the game forever, and uh, thankfully most of those, all those teams are, are still around uh, in various forms. Well, it took, yeah, it basically took kind of the, what was it, the 12-team comp of, uh, of the NSWRL into, yeah, kind of in, into the space of kind of the more familiar yeah. kind of league that, that we see now, but... Yeah. I guess one of the object lessons that came out of that, and I've got to get you to tell your story that yep. kind of came out of your reporting of for of your piece on, on unrelated to rugby, but about about the Gold Coast, yep. you know, as as you know, as, as a sporting non hotbed of a not yeah, <laughs> of, of a of Australia. But um, get it to get you to tell the story of yeah of what happened, of like like the political games that kind of really undercut kind of yeah. Gold Coast, yeah, you know, kind of from the, from the very outset. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we, we wanted to know through that feature why teams continuously fold at the Gold Coast. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the most famous one is the um, is the, the, those original Gold Coast uh, Rugby League teams. And it, the Gold Coast franchise just actually came out of something overnight. It, came, it was born out of a failed bid for the Brisbane Broncos, or for the Brisbane licence. So the Brisbane licence was awarded to who turned out to be the Broncos, 
and the fi- the the, the runner up or the failed bid, they got together and quickly um, decided that they were going to try and base a team um, somewhere else, and that somewhere else had to be over the, across the other side of the border, not in uh, Queensland. Yeah, yeah, because part of Brisbane's um, conditions of, of, of entry was that they wanted to be the only team in southeast Queensland. So not only did you not have a, you had a, you had a, an NRL team based at at Tweed Heads essentially, which was <laughs> <laughs> Tweed Heads isn't I don't know I suppose it is now it's a growth area now but thinking 1986-87 it it wasn't that big a place and uh, so basically they uh, just got landed this um this footy team um, overnight um, which which not a lot of people know that they, they you look at these expansion bids over time and you think oh I wonder wonder why they made that decision to put that team there but it was basically up to it was the, the the decision of um of the failed Broncos bid, and that that's, explains a lot as to why teams don't perform well there. It's usually um, because of political reasons. Um, a lot of, as I've said in that story, a lot of people who live up there aren't Gold Coast people. Mm. They bring their own love for their own teams up, then they wait for the Dragons to come up, or the Eels, or the Roosters to play the Titans. They don't automatically switch into Titans fans, unfortunately. That's, that's certainly my experience. I lived there for a year, and that was my yep. experience, just a lot of transplants, kind of... Um, transplants. Um, yeah. Uh, there is quite a sizable AFL fan base out there, there you yeah, from what I found. And I can remember, like again, uh, doing some reporting on another story um, out of GWS, and they talked about how, how surprisingly kind of... you know. Gold Coast itself is is probably a better AFL based than Greater Western Sydney is, yeah. but um, yeah, that's kind of kind of by the bias to you know, how it'll you know, determine the course about the Suns or even even the Titans success. I, I think the one thing that kind of you, you want the lesson you want to draw from that, and I, I guess this brings kind of the the kind of a discussion full circle, is to what do, and it was a point that was raised last week. To what degree? Can, can you set up an expansion team for success? And I think that would be a real, that's going to be a real internal challenge for the NRL if it wants to go down the expansion path again. Because if you just look at the way kind of the dynamics work out in Clubland, everyone's always really suspicious about one team getting favored over the other. Absolutely. And I think by definition, if you really want to get kind of these, you know, these expansion clubs off the ground, there has to be a period in which you got to give them something otherwise you know i think i think natural attrition will just will just get them and i do not know how you get people to you know in in the nrl to agree on, can, on that on that matter you won't and you haven't really got them to agree in the afl either you still saw, saw eddie Maguire. he yeah. still whinges and carries on about yeah. the concessions that these two northern teams are getting and but they have yeah. the concessions yeah, I mean, but they have them. <laughs> that's that's the point i mean they're, they're on track i mean gws is top of the table they're the favourites to win the premiership. I mean, they they have them. I mean, whether it sticks down the line is a, is another question entirely. But um, it you know, I just I cannot see how you know in a dream scenario that that the Perth club say gets a hundred and twenty percent of the salary of the NRL salary cap to you know yeah. to kind of get off the ground or or an extra home game or whatever whatever the league would do to try to give them you know kind of a little extra help you know in their initial years. I, I guess you can say these things. At the same time, the Melbourne Storm have basically built them into, themselves into something, but that's yeah. it too. I mean, you know, there was a lot of <laughs> shady bookkeeping going on there. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, I, it, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 interesting how, you know, um, 
yeah, to look at back on that experience, Brisbane kind of became the success that everyone expected, but, you know, had all the, you know, kind of the greatest natural advantages you could probably bequeath upon a club, Definitely. you know, in the NRL. And, you know, Newcastle kind of not in a good state now, but, you know, has, has turned out to be kind of, uh, you know, kind of a really good expression of, a, of another of a rugby league kind of area. But um, the old, that was the Seagulls, was it? That, uh, oh, that was the Tweetheads Giants. Tweetheads Giants, sorry, yeah. yeah. The old Giants, um, yeah. yeah, that uh, that 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 to me is a, is a history lesson, an object lesson for everybody that, uh, you know, if yeah, if expansion is to happen again, you know, um, it's almost like the three out the three kind of levels of outcome you could have one kind of thriving, one kind of you know kind of getting by, and one dead. So you know, like <laughs> yeah. uh, you would hope that, um, that that maybe you know kind of that's that's a lesson the, the league will heed. Yeah, true, true. And um, just to finish off, um, we just wanted to talk about our magazine for for a little bit. Um, over the last few weeks, we've been highlighting uh, rugby league um, sections that are in our in our latest edition and um this week we want to just refer to a um an, an interview that that i did with uh petro sivanasiva uh we we got hold of him mainly because he uh, was an ambassador for the maroon festival which was held before origin one so um you know he's a perfect choice he's a very proud queenslander um from Suva. yeah from Suva. yes yes but he's he's also a very proud redcliffe uh boy um he was born in Suva, but yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's Queensland as, as you can get. And um, I was doing some research and I forgot that he played a season at the Redcliffe Dolphins. And um, it puzzled me. I, I thought Petro Sivanasiva, one of the most accomplished uh, footy players ever, you know, big steamrolling forward, played for played at every every level, won grand finals. Why go back to um, to Redcliffe? And, um, and, and I asked him, I just want to read out his answer. It won't, won't take me long. He said, um, part of me felt that I really owed something to the Redcliffe Club. As a junior, they would always do what it took to get myself and my teammates away to the various rep carnivals. You feel indebted to them. Our former club boss, Des Webb, who has sadly passed on, said to me in a friendly conversation when I was leaving the club uh, to go to the Broncos, now, mate, one day you're going to have to come back and play for us. You remember that, won't you? Um, Petro continues, I remember thinking um, that when I was retiring, you know what, physically I can still do it and I really want to wear the red and white jersey again. Um, it was an awesome season, 2013. Uh, a lot of people who were part of my development as a junior are still there to this day. That's why it meant so much uh, for me to go back. And, uh, and all that can be tied to what we were saying before about footy clubs, about, about kicking them out. You, you, yeah, about cutting them and and uh, yeah, the the consequences that you'll that you'll pay for things that aren't really on the balance sheet. Mm. It's close to my favorite anecdote in the entire mag this month. I, yeah. I absolutely love that. You know, I yeah. love the idea that here's a guy who kind of, you know, kind of, kind of acknowledging his roots, acknowledging kind of where where he's come from. And I just kind of in love with the idea that you know, you turn up to play against kind of Red Redcliffe in the Brisbane comp, and then then you got kind of Petero steaming at you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know, you got to admire him for it because you could you could also imagine that every kind of young hotshot in that you know in that league is probably looking to you know, looking to lay a hit on the on the on the origin star. So yeah, not not that know. he even has to be there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I love it. I wish yeah. kind of you know I'd love to hear you know kind of more kind of. Um, I know in the again in the AFL um, 
one of our kind of columnists, uh, Brian Lake, has, has done the same thing. Gone back to okay. you know, kind of, kind of a local level footy league to kind of to play out a season. I yep. think it, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a wonderful thing to kind of reconnect with yeah, kind of yeah, kind of uh, in kind of the footy grassroots in, in such a in such a functional way. Yeah, for sure, sure, yeah. So thanks, Petro, and um, thanks everyone out there for listening too. Um, We're just about out of time, so yeah, enjoy the footy this weekend, and thanks very much. Thank you, James.